are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today on the show, our crossover Thursday edition with David Harrison from Locked on Washington football team. Before we get there, uh, in fact, while we were recording the crossover, news broke that the Packers were bringing in Whitney Merciless, a player that I suggested earlier in the week, Green Bay, at least call on. According to reports, uh, there were other suitors. Um, I, I had heard that that Kansas City had gone after him pretty aggressively and that he decided to take less money to play in Green Bay. Whether or not that's true, we we never truly know, of course, but this is a fascinating move because Zadarius Smith not exact expected to be back for a while. The Packers said on, on Wednesday that they are going to give Preston Smith the week to get ready. Uh, I don't know if that means someone like Merciless is going to be ready to play this week. Maybe he's ready to play by, by next Thursday. Remember, it's a short week. I would guess they have a package ready for him by then, but we'll see. It's also, you know, nice to be able to bring in a guy like that with his sort of pedigree to say, okay, on third down, just go rush the quarterback on third and eight. You don't really have to worry about much. The scheme is not quite as important. Just go get the quarterback. Uh, and, and he can certainly do that. You know, he is, he has been, uh, at, at times in his career and a, a, a lead is probably overselling it, but a very, very, very good pass rusher. And those skills are just so difficult to come by. And so now you know, I think Jonathan Garvin has shown some nice things at outside linebacker, but to get someone of Merciless's caliber, I think really changes the calculation here because now you you felt like, okay, if Zedaria Smith is not going to come back, this defense is really, is really going to miss having that depth. I mean, you can never have too many pass rushers and it's helped that Kenny Clark has been an ass kicker this year. And it has helped that you have a situation where, okay, you're looking at all of these different um, injuries at, at outside linebacker, but you're still getting really good play from Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, right? So what, what are you missing? Well, you're missing that depth. Having Zadarius, Preston, and Gary all on the field at once gives you so many options with what you can do with your fronts, how you can rush guys, how you can drop guys, how you can disguise your rushes, four-man pressures that have Clark and those three guys all on the field. Well, now you can do that, except you're replacing Zadarius with Whitney Merciless. Is Merciless as good as Zedaria Smith? No. At this point, no. But he doesn't have to be because they're getting value adds from other spots. Eric Stokes is better than we thought he would be. Russell Douglas played better on Sunday than the average practice squad cornerback would play. Kenny Clark is playing at an elite level. Devondre Campbell is playing at elite level. And you have really good safeties behind. So that's a really good position for someone like Whitney Merciless to come into. He can be a, a legitimate, bona fide, impactful player on this defense. And you look at the, the teams with top defenses, they can rotate in pass rushers. The Bucs have a bunch of guys who can all win one-on-one -on -one matchups. That's what you need. It's not just about scheming pressure. It's not just about finding ways to get guys free. It's about finding ways to get guys one-on-one. -on -one. 
to get guys the opportunity to go win those one-on-one, those individual matchups. And Whitney Merciless can still do that. Now, again, is he an elite player? No. And, and, and never really has been. But he's still a very good player. He is still someone who I, I think can, can give you, if you need him to start a game, can give you high-level opportunities. And that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. You don't normally in mid-October fall into those kinds of players. You just don't normally do it. And so to get someone like that is a pretty big deal. Now, you know, was he setting the world on fire in Houston? No, no. And that's one of the reasons why he's not there anymore. Part of it is also because, you know, that team is a disaster and, and you're, you know, you're giving him, uh, you know, maybe an opportunity to, to go find other accommodations. Um, you know, he's, he's sort of middle of the pack by pro football focus numbers as, as a pass rusher. Um, but better than, better than plenty of other players who are being relied upon to be real impactful players in the league. I mean, a better pass rush grade than someone like Marcus Davenport, um, you know, better than, than Bradley Chubb, for example, and better than, you know, a bunch of guys who were drafted to come in and be impactful players better than Hassan Reddick, who's got gaudy sack numbers in, in Carolina. Someone like Merciless can come in and immediately just be a, a guy in your rotation that you can feel really, really good about. And, and that's that's all you really are expecting out of these kinds of players. Now, last year in 2020 was not good, but in 2019, he's a pretty good player. Pretty good player. Um, and and he had 57 total pressures. And you have to go back to really like 2016 to see a guy who was really 2015, 2016. He was a really, really good player. He's this has actually been, you know, sort of on par with where he's been the last three out of the last four years in terms of his productivity. He is a very good rotational pass rusher. And and to get someone like that in this spot, that's a really good thing. That's making your team better. I want to dovetail into this. There, there is, I think, this perception now that the world is different. The world is different. Aaron Rodgers has changed the world for the Green Bay Packers. They get Devondre Campbell. They get Russell Douglas. They get Whitney Merciless. And now this is an organizational decision about what's going on inside the Green Bay Packers organization. Except... Devondre Campbell is Christian Kirksey. He just worked, right? He just worked. Russell Douglas is Quentin Dunbar. He just worked. That is the difference in terms of quality of play, in terms of talent, in terms of all those things. They're not really that different. Devondre Campbell has never been an elite player until this year. This year, he's awesome. Well, that the result is not an indication of the process. Just because he's been good does not mean the Packers put more emphasis on the position than normal. They didn't. They didn't sign him until training camp. I mean, to, to act like this is some organizational sea change is laughable to me. And the people who are doing it, in some cases, I'm thinking of one, one person in particular, it's a water carrying thing, and that's fine. They, they've always been that person, and that's fine. They're going to continue to carry the Rogers water. It, it, this is, this is why if you're a front office, you don't like being in this position because Rogers is going to get credit for every move that works and no credit or, and, and the front office is going to get blamed for every move that doesn't. Right. But 
you know, the Packers last year, they got Snacks Harrison. They've made moves like the Rick Wagner is the, the Devondre Campbell move. Devin Funches, same thing. I mean, they've, they've made these moves. Some have worked, some haven't. Tavon Austin didn't work, but, but that's a name guy who they thought could play a role on their team. He just wasn't very good. Tyler Irvin, turned out he was good, at least as a punt returner in 2019, was a big part of uh, the special teams turnaround there. I don't think that we can sit here and go, oh, well, this is this is something different. I mean, Mike Silver, <laughs> he wants to say, oh, this is a team that is finally putting resources into the linebacker position. First of all, <laughs> first of all, Whitney Merciless is a an edge. He's a pass rusher. So the Packers have, have poured resources into pass rusher. So that's just like silly. And then again, Devondre Campbell is not in or wasn't before this year in a class of players that is so different from what Christian Kirksey was or from what Kirk Morrison was or what BJ Goodson was. They were veteran stopgap linebackers who could start games for you, but we're not going to make a, a definitive difference on your football team. Campbell has. We're playing the results now by saying they put more importance on it because they got a better player. No, they just happened to get a better player. We will never know how much of this is Rodgers and how much of it is the front office. But I will say, and I think you know, it, it's hard to to say to, to argue that Green Bay is is not more aggressive because of the situation that they find themselves in. They want to win a Super Bowl too. For whatever criticisms are out there, they want to win the Super Bowl too. They've had some opportunities here to, to add some players, and they've done it. They were in on Stephon Gilmore. They've been they were in on Winnie Merciless. They got him. I have to believe it's it, at, on some level, the last dance part of this was a, a factor, but how much of a factor? Yeah, I just I, it's it's hard for me when you look at the rest of the evidence. It's hard for me to go. Yeah, that's definitely because of Aaron Rodgers when very similar moves by process have already played out in the Brian Gutekunst era. Now, are these signings that were not made under Ted Thompson? Hundred percent, yes. A hundred percent, yes. But Brian Gutekunst, I think, consistently has made them. Now, again. I, I can't say for sure that this is not an Aaron Rodgers thing, that this is not part of the last dance, part of they understand that they want to be all in. I'm sure they want to be all in, as all in as they can be. He apparently turned down more money to come play in Green Bay. That's great. Is is Aaron Rodgers right to say that, that he probably is coming because Aaron Rodgers is there? 100% yes. Yes, 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 of course. But it is it was immediately a narrative. Oh, well, this is this is a... a Cultural change in the Packers front office. I don't, I don't know about that. I really don't. Uh, but it, it, it that certainly makes for good content, I suppose. All right, we're going to get to our crossover in a second. Before we do, let's talk about betonline.ag. Back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. They are your number one spot for basketball and football this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On for basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports use the promo code locked on to get that 50 percent welcome bonus bet online where the game starts 
Welcome inside another crossover edition. This for week seven between the Packers and the Washington football team. I am, of course, Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers. Joining me, co-host of Locked on Washington football team, David Harrison. David, uh, there is a lot going on in Washington. A lot of it has nothing to do with what's going on on the field. Yeah. Um, we will we will stick mostly to what is going on on the field because I think that's the that's the thing that that Packer fans certainly care about the most. And and right. your listeners, I'm sure, have heard you uh, talk a, a plenty about Sean Taylor and Dan Snyder and what's going on over there. But I think the biggest thing that stands out is this was a defense last season mm-hmm. that really played good football, Chase Young and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat and all these guys getting after quarterbacks. They add William Jackson in the offseason. This is going to be a lockdown group, and it has been anything but this season. So what the hell's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of it was a little overselling, you know, and, and uh, you know, a lot of that is is done, obviously, in the media. You know, we have we have a, a nature to to look at things on paper and try to uh, to kind of imagine what they could be versus what maybe they will be. Um, and that's, you know, I think it's a natural point of things. When you look at the roster, like you said, the addition of William Jackson, uh, Landon Collins is a guy who, you know, a lot of people still kind of look for that Pro Bowl uh, type of maybe, you know, uh, flirting with all pro caliber type of talent. He's just not there. Uh, I don't know if he was ever really truly there, but he's he's definitely not there now. Uh, and then you have a first round draft pick on the defense for the second straight year. So uh, defensive line with four first round draft picks on it. So it's just it's it's very reasonable to expect that this unit uh, is going to perform a lot better. But then as we've kind of come to find out and as we've come to watch last year's competition really wasn't all that, you know, you don't want to be too disrespectful, but it wasn't as tough as it was going to be this season, especially with a first place schedule after winning the division. But you won the division to seven and nine. So, you know, the old adage of you are what your record says you are. Well, you're seven and nine. And even if you're seven and nine with a good defense, you're still seven and nine with that good defense. So you come into this year with a first place uh, schedule and you're going up against the NFC South. And, and let's be completely honest with you. Uh, you know, the, the Saints and the Panthers have both uh, looked better than, you know, maybe a lot of people have expected them to. Uh, they obviously lose that game to the to the Saints. And then, you know, you've got the Bills, the Chiefs, the Packers uh, obviously coming up. You've got the Bucks coming up. I mean, the schedule this year was just it's a murderer's row for any team to face, let alone a seven and nine first place team. But, you know, the, the franchise themselves didn't really do themselves any favors either. I mean, Ron Rivera talked about, you know, shooting to have one of the best defenses in the league. Chase Young talked about how they feel like they could be the best defense in the league. So a lot of times you hear people talk about, well, that's just outside noise. We've heard Aaron Rodgers with the relax. That's all outside noise. That's not what's happening inside the organization. Well, Inside Washington, they were thinking they were going to be the best defense in the NFL, too. So in this situation, they kind of bit off a little bit more, uh, I think, that they can chew. But they have done better the last couple of weeks taking advantage of, of opportunities. Two takeaways against the New Orleans Saints, three takeaways against Kansas City Chiefs could have been for the real problem here in the last two weeks and two very winnable games for the Washington football team has been the offense. Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask you about that because, and I, I want to talk more in depth about the offense in a second, but mm-hmm. I was just, before we jumped on here, I was, I was going through just player for player. Yeah. I mean, this defense is so talented, especially that front. The front is as deep as any front has in terms of inside, outside pass rush, um, you know, penetrators inside. And then you look at the secondary, William Jackson, Kendall Fuller. I really like St. Juice coming out of the, mm-hmm. the draft. You mentioned Landon Collins, like there's a lot of talent on this yeah. team. What is it that that is is causing them to not play to that talent? Because yep. I know I understand 
uh, opponent is a big part of this, but right. I mean, they've given up 30 plus in four straight games. Yeah. Communication. I mean, communication is the biggest part of it. And I think that's where the biggest breakdown is, is, is people one, not being where they're supposed to be. And then when other people are communicating with them to be where they're supposed to be, uh, they're not really taking that kind of guidance. Uh, you, we saw that against the New Orleans Saints. There was a play uh, the Deontay Harris, big touchdown pass from Jameis Winston mm-hmm. um, that really kind of got the whole thing started going sideways. Uh, uh, it was Bobby McCain playing free safety, Landon Collins, a strong safety, trying to disguise their coverage where in this coverage, Landon Collins was the single high safety. Bobby McCain was going to come off of his high position and fall back down onto a route. Landon Collins was then going to be left as a single high safety. So in order to disguise this, Landon Collins got about five yards from the line of scrimmage. And if you know anything about Landon Collins, you know, he ain't fast. Um, so when he comes off of his in the box position, you see Bobby McCain calling to him saying, Hey, get back, get back. And Landon Collins literally waves him off. When I say wave him, I mean, he literally takes his hand and essentially says, shush child. I got this. Um, the ball gets snapped. Landon Collins tries his best to get back into the depth of the field. Deontay Harris is already by him before he even has an opportunity to get there. And it's just a miserable play. And it's, you know, it's Landon Collins playing out of position. Um, I can't imagine that Jack Del Rio said, Hey, here's a good idea, guys. Let's disguise Landon Collins single high by putting him on the line of scrimmage against a team with nothing but speed receivers. If that's the case, then maybe Jack Del Rio uh, should consider another profession. So I don't believe that that's Jack Del Rio's call. I think that's Landon Collins call. And then his teammate is literally out there pleading with him saying, dude, that's not the right decision. Let's be smart here. And he says, no, I got this. The I in team and they get burned for a huge touchdown. One of two big first half touchdowns that honestly, could have both been prevented. The, the second one being the Hail Mary, which you hate to pile too much on a guy, but Landon Collins in the end zone where that play is behind the play. So he's got the, the intended receiver or a receiver going up for the Hail Mary in front of, of him. So he doesn't have position, but he pushes a guy in Kendall Fuller who does have position in front of the receiver out of the way. And then, you know, uh, Marquez Callaway ends up landing on Landon Collins in the end zone for Hail Mary touchdown. So just two really bad plays where Landon Collins essentially looking out for himself while doing what Landon wants to do. And I think as a result, you saw a dramatic uh, downturn in his snaps uh, this last Sunday against Kansas City Chiefs. Still a loss, but not nearly the the communication and coverage blown problems that we've seen in weeks past. So you mentioned this offense and that being part of the problem here. They've also been banged up along the offensive line. Where do we stand now in terms of injuries? I know it's early in the week still, so we yeah. don't have like full practice reports on this, right. but they've had issues. Brandon Scherf's been hurt. Sam Cosby's been hurt. So what, where does this offensive line stand now? Who, who can we expect to see out on the field come Sunday? Uh, definitely not Sam Cosme. I don't have any any hopes of Sam Cosme is going to be playing their second round rookie who's been playing, I think, better than anybody expected coming out of training camp in preseason. Really got worked. Uh, and training camp in preseason quite often has done uh, an admirable job, to be quite honest. You have this right tackle there. Uh, uh, Brandon Scherf was at practice stretching. Don't think, you know, at least not to the, to the, to the session open to the media. I uh, don't think he was really practicing, looking at probably either an, an LP or a, a DNP for Wednesday. Charles Leno Jr. was also on the side field uh, uh, stretching with trainers and working with trainers. So that's three starting offensive linemen um, that you're talking about, either out or off the practice field or on the side field working with trainers. Um, so, yeah, definitely not a good look there. And then Ricky Seals-Jones is still – he's on the IR, so it's at least a week before he can come back. And then three of your top four wide receivers, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and Cam Sims, all also seen working with trainers today instead of practicing. So hmm. most likely DMPs or LPs for all of those guys, although you expect Terry McLaurin, you know, if, if he can play, uh, he will play. But Curtis Samuel's been a totally other uh, – total different situation the entire time. So a lot of at least four starters, you, you kind of – look at this and just the ratios and the, in the odds that these guys are all going to come back. You're probably looking at four starters on the offense, uh, including two 
possibly on the offensive line that are going to be out this Sunday. What is what has been the difference for Taylor Heineke this year? Because he has that that playoff game against Tampa Bay uh, yeah. uh, and he looks like, hey, this this could be someone. They bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. We get five minutes of the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience yeah. and all of a sudden he goes down. So wh- why why has what we saw, at least in the playoff game, not translated? Or is that one of those just fluky things? Like these are all NFL players. They're all capable of having a good game here or there. Yeah. The difference that separates the good from the great and the good from the not so good is consistency. Right. Yeah. And you just said a consistency. That's exactly what's been escaping Taylor Heineke. And I'll, honestly, I think I think it's the coaching staff getting into his head. I don't think they're intending to. I think everything they're saying is meant to be, you know, the best case scenario for Taylor Heineke. But uh, Ron Rivera talked about it after this last game, the loss against Kansas City Chiefs, asking why Taylor looked so conservative. Zero runs for that quarterback. And, you know, Washington's not really known for dialing up design quarterback runs anyway. But Taylor Heineke, part of what made him so electric against Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs was his athleticism. And, and part of some of his best plays this season have come with athleticism. Uh, but he just, he looked like he just was refusing to run the ball on Sunday against Kansas city chiefs. And it just, it takes away an entire part of his dynamic. And I think that's coaching staff basically telling him to be more patient, go through his reads, trust his guys to be there. And he's got that in his head and he's essentially refusing to take off with the ball. When the play breaks down, I think this weekend you'll probably see a little bit of a correction on that. And that's, Essentially, the dynamic that we've seen with Taylor is he comes out and has a game. There's some good, there's some bad, and you kind of see an overcorrection the next week, followed by a recorrection the following week. He's, you know, a lot of Washington fans have basically said he's a rookie quarterback. This will be his sixth career regular season start uh, in the National Football League. He's almost 29 years old. So that comparison is very accurate. However, again, you go back to the preseason buzz, and, uh, you know, it, it's not all on media and all fans. The team was also. Very excited for what they had coming in. They go out. You don't go out and get Curtis Samuel, keep uh, Terry McLaurin, get Deami Brown to have a boring, you know, low scoring, uh, uh, slow paced offense. You go out there to try to stretch the field, spread out the defense, and they're not doing it. And a lot of it is because Taylor Heineke is trying to make everybody happy. And in my opinion, he's doing so at the expense of some of his intuition and his instincts on the football field that make him a good quarterback in the first place. And I think they need to get to a place where. They're accentuating his instincts and teaching him how to use them along with football intelligence to make better plays. We just haven't seen that yet. All right. A lot more to come here on our crossover edition. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why deal with the headache? Why deal with the questions that you probably don't know the answers? Anyway, you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time, save money when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you could be going to a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years? When you shop for auto parts, you don't know what they're supposed to cost. I don't know what they're supposed to cost. So why not go to a place where the prices are always reliably low for every customer, everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. And when you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. All right, we are finishing up here on this Packers Washington football team crossover. So let's get into some some keys here, David. Uh, when you when you look at the the matchups, yeah. what is the roadmap? I gave you mine. What is the roadmap for you? So okay, Washington, they come in, 
eight and a half, nine points, whatever it's going to be. I've seen it at 10 in yeah. terms of, of the lines. <laughs> what is the roadmap for Washington to spring the upset or at least keep this close? Yeah, you got to stop the run. I think first and foremost, you have to stop the run. You got to put the Packers, you know, off schedule. You got to make them, you know, third and third, third and three or more minimum is is, is what you have to have the Packers. And even that third and five actually might be a better target uh, if you want to have to have some success. Uh, pressure Aaron Rodgers. We talked about the defensive line maybe having a get right game. Um, they, don't, they don't necessarily have to have a lot of sacks. They just they need to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, not let him come back there. Uh, have all time to figure out what he wants to do. Don't give Devontae Adams time uh, to connect with his quarterback, you know, any more time they already have. And then keep the short gains short. And I think that's really the biggest thing. And that's something that I think Chicago Bears did fairly well early on in that game, which kind of kept them in the fight and gave their offense opportunities to perhaps put some points on the board that they, are, they weren't able to take advantage of. And that comes down to tackling. And last weekend, we might have seen the worst tackling performance uh, from this Washington football team defense than I've ever seen from them easily. And honestly, maybe the worst tackling performance I've ever seen from a defense in just one single game. And remember, I've been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for eight seasons. So I've seen some bad tackling defenses uh, in my time covering football. Uh, they've got to keep the short game short. You know, Aaron is not afraid to take a two yard dump off. Uh, Aaron Jones is not afraid to, to take what he can get and go down and, and live for the next play. They've got to let them take them. If, if Washington gives Aaron Jones three guys to go through before they make a tackle, it's, it's going to be over before it starts. So you mentioned stopping the run, uh, the, the Washington football team. One of the things they actually have done relatively well so far this season defensively is stop the run. They are 12th stopping the run in DVOA, but 28th stopping the pass. And, and that is a big deal. Coincidentally, uh, Indianapolis, who's right behind them in DVOA, is the number one rushing defense in the league by DVOA. And um, they are the fourth worst total defense in the league, which tells you everything you need to know about how important stopping the run is uh, in the NFL. To me, that is that is huge. If the Packers can run the ball, and they did it last week against a pretty good Bears front, both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon averaged over five yards per carry. Um, if they can do that, I just don't see how Washington can stop them, given, right. given the miscommunication issues that they've had in the secondary, um, given the injuries that they have in the secondary, and given that no one has been able to have answers for Devontae Adams. I, I just don't know what answers Washington would have if they can't stop the run. Like, they have to stop the run to, to, to keep the Packers under 30. If they can't, they're, the, they're, the Packers are just going to score like every time they have the ball, I think. I mean, it's not 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 really, not literally, but it's one of those things. Like, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the game to me. So I like this game. I think Washington's going to be able to score some points, uh, especially in the second half. Um, the Packers have come out slow in some of these games. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this is another one of those games where it's like 10-7 after a quarter. Um, that, that was the case for the Chiefs, right? They, they actually had a halftime lead, I believe, right? Yep. Um, and, and then the wheels just came off. They couldn't score in the second half, and the Chiefs started scoring in the second half. Right. Um, the Chiefs are, the Packers are also not going to turn the ball over three times. Um, they, they don't, they just don't, they just don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I have this game 31 to 20. Yeah. And, I, and I've gotten, you know, last time we looked at BetOnline.ag, the Packers were nine and a half point favorites. You start talking about getting into double digit deficits as, as an underdog. And that's, that's Houston Texans area. That's Jacksonville Jaguars territory. You don't want to be there. And unfortunately that's where Washington's put themselves with some, some bad performance and talk about the turnovers. And yeah, I, I agree out of the three takeaways that they had last weekend against Kansas city chiefs, Really, two of them were giveaways. One was off of Tyreek Hill's hands. The other one was a bad snap that Patrick Mahomes made uh, uh, a throw that 
I don't think I'd ever seen Patrick Mahomes or would have imagined he would have made in the first place. Um, yeah. So, I mean, give him credit for the one takeaway, you know, Cole Holcomb did punch it out there and, and Cam Curl fell on the ball. So that's great. But again, this is a different animal. The green Bay Packers are not struggling the way the Kansas city chiefs are coming to this either. Uh, nine and a half that's is a wild it. thing to say. Yeah, absolutely. Nine and a half is a pretty good spread. I feel like I think the, I think the, the books have it uh, right. I've got green Bay winning as well. 27 to 17. Would love to give watch football team fans, you know, the the benefit of of hearing their hosts pick them to win. And I know they want us to, uh, but I got I got to be honest. That's what we tell our listeners. You're going to get the truth from us. You're not going to get fandom. You're going to get the truth. And I, I just don't see uh, how this Washington team comes out of the victory in Lambeau against the Green Bay Packers the way they're playing. Uh, but I tell them every week too. every week is an opportunity for this team to figure it out and put it together. When it clicks, it's going to click in kind of a moment, not really over the span of a couple of weeks. You're just going to suddenly see a better team if they get there. If this is it, then we'll see. But 27-17 is how I'm going to see it coming into it. The good news for Washington is they play the Eagles twice at the end of the season. And those are sure. those are good opportunities for dubs. Um, that I think that that about does it for us. Uh, I appreciate everyone who has made uh, Locked on Packers and Locked on Washington football team their first listen of the day. Uh, a lot more to come every day, every week. That's what we do here on Locked on Podcast Network. We will see you and talk to you all next week. We will, of course, be back on Friday. Our live stream will be at 530 Central, 630 Eastern. We will be going live after the game again on Sunday. That will show up in your Monday morning podcast feed. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube where you will see our live streams both tomorrow and after the game. Plus, all of our episodes are now on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>